You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We, um, we did a show in Prague with, with Metallica and Five, Ta- Five Finger uh, about eight months ago. And it was, it, was, uh, it was really cool. Metallica like sat on the side of the stage while we played and watched us. I thought it was really, really cool to, to have those guys hang out. And, um, and James, like he introduced himself to us afterwards. And, and I told him, I was like, Hey man, it's really an honor to meet you. Like there's not that many bands that, that we've played in front of, you know, that I, that I'm kind of like frightened to, to play in front of, but there's only a few in the world that are kind of scary, like Guns N' Roses, uh, Iron Maiden, and Metallica, like it, nobody wants to see the opening band. Everybody wants to see those bands. And so going out on stage and seeing everybody in Metallica fans, I was like, I was like, I considered it a success that I didn't get hit with anything. <laughs> and James looked at me and he goes, yeah, I missed. <laughs> I was like, that was really good. It was good. It was quick. Gentlemen, my name is Benny Goodman, the neurotic guitarist, and I'm here with my cohorts, compatriots, Siobhan Cronin and Corey Peza. How are you guys? Great. great. I'm excited. This is a very visual episode, as always, because this week we have our good friend, not to steal your intro, but we have Satchel back on from Steel Panther, one of our most popular guests. Uh, I didn't have to lie by saying that he's like my favorite guest ever, because we say that to a lot of people. But in this case, for this episode, he's definitely our favorite guest ever, Satchel from Steel Panther. Satchel, how are you? I feel like $100. <laughs> In this economy? <laughs> What's that even worth now? Yeah, I know. You guys, in my end, can people see me? I mean, I, I don't even know if I was picking my nose a second ago. Well, you look great doing it. So for anyone that's listening to the audio podcast, tune into the video on YouTube. I think picking, we should make picking our noses like a totally acceptable. Don't you think? He says it isn't. It is for me. I do it all the time. I, you know, it's uncomfortable to have boogers in your nose, but people are still very judgmental with that kind of shit. And it's, it's really lame. I think it should be made. I think we should have, you know, presidents and not that anybody looks up to the president anymore, I guess, but, uh, you know, foreign dignitaries, people should be picking their nose on TV all the time. Game show hosts, all that shit. Growing up skiing, my dad had stalactites hanging from his like seventies porn stash. So I just wish, I just wished he would just pick at that in front of me just to let me know that he knew he knew that that existed. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about? Back in the in the eighties, just going skiing, and you just you had the stalact is it stalagmites or stalactites of just boogers just hanging from your stalactites from the mustache, stalagmites from the beard. Okay, that's right. Stalagmites yeah. go up. Sure, I think so. It's, it's really hard to remember. I'll, I do know that you never eat soggy waffles and every good boy does fine, right? 
That's all uh, lies, by the way, because you can totally eat soggy waffles. And not every good boy does fine. That's a fucking, it's a lie told us by the establishment to get us to remember things that. Siobhan just got it. She's like, oh, that's Well, musical. no, I, I got the every good boy does fine from the lines on the treble clef. But what's the soggy waffles referring it's, to? It's the, uh, it's north, east, south, west. Ah, okay, okay, okay. What? For people that forget. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do you need to be reminded of how to remember that? Yeah, is my people, question. Well, this is before people had GPS on, on oh. them all the time. Kids, right. you know, anybody, when I say kids, I mean anybody under 50. Kids right. don't remember this shit. I mean, I used to have a compass to get to school and I used to ride a, a Velociraptor to school. A lot of people don't remember. Back in the prehistoric age. Yeah, it was a different time back then. But kids don't remember anything now. I mean, because they have TikTok and it's like you only have to be like in the present for 10 seconds and not remember anything. So, I mean, people don't have to remember anything. So they go on Google and then Google goes, hey, what kind of uh, bullshit should we teach these kids? You know, <laughs> let's tell them Kip Winger was a, a president, the president of France in 1782 or so. I don't know. But come on, in the defense of Kip Winger and France, it's kind of an accurate statement. Like he he's very dignitary. Like Kip Winger is a, a full blown composer. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like the, the Beethoven, like sashy shirts, like Ingve at home because Kip kisses above my head. Can I tell you, Winger is going on tour with us. That's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're going to England with us. And uh, it's going to be great. We love we love Winger and, and they're a great band. If you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Winger, but it's that not. Yeah, dude. Reb Beach. Oh, Fuck Reb, yeah. Yeah, Reb's great. They're all great players. And and uh, I'm not I know Reb's still in the band. I'm pretty sure Reb's still in the band. Let's, what? Who else would be play, would, would be like Paul Short? The guy, the drummer, the guitar, uh, keyboard guy be playing instead of Reb. I mean, how can you replace Reb and Winger? I can understand in White Snake since he's like the 73rd dude. It's like, is it yeah. Doug Aldrich? Is it Mickey Moody? Is it like John Sykes? Is it Reb Beach? Cause, cause that's just David Coverdale because he's gluttonous. But in Winger, yeah. there can only be one. And yeah, that's Reb really. Beach. He's, he is, he's a huge part of Winger for sure. And, and, uh, I don't know who, who you would get to do all the, uh, tapping licks that he did so well in that band. So when is the Europe or the UK or whatever the tour is that you're talking about? When is that happening? I think we're going over there with Winger in May, which should okay. be awesome. And, uh, you know, we haven't done, we haven't done a, uh, a headlining tour in the UK since, uh, before they, uh, started the, uh, one world government and locked everybody down into, uh, oblivion. So but right. we're, we're looking forward to it. We've, we've gone back and we did download festival, uh, in two that in 2022, but that was all we did in England for the last three years. So, how do you feel about British fans? Like, like versus your? US I hate fans? them all. No, I'm kidding. They're great. <laughs> no, they're great. I mean, they're, they're great. I mean, they're definitely. Um, I mean, they're really sweet people. They're they're really. I think they have to be because you know they're not very good looking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're 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 all great. Some some of them. I'm surprised. I was expected all English people to look like Benny Hill at one point. <laughs> and uh, so every once in a while, I'll see a girl. I'm like, fuck, I would totally fuck this English girl. And then she smiles and her teeth are all fucked up. 
<laughs> I remember when we were on tour, my band, we went, it was when the Bohemian Rhapsody movie came out and there was some reference to like a British people having bad teeth joke. And we watched like this movie in the theater in the UK and all of us laughed in like a single row at that joke and not a single other person found it funny. <laughs> they were all so offended by that. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> we yeah. really are in a different place. <laughs> it got a good sense of humor though. I mean, like, I remember one time we, we were touring Europe and, and we went, uh, we got to the UK after being, you know, in France and Germany and places like that. And, you know, everybody speaks English and, and, uh, in the UK. And the first thing I said on, on stage, I was like, Oh man, I'm so fucking glad we're here in the fucking UK where everybody speaks American. <laughs> and like the whole fucking place went, boo, boo. and, um, and then I said, you guys are just pissed because we won the war. And it was great. Oh they, just, they all laughed and they kept going with it. It was great. What a great way to start a show. It was, I, I got, I got, got them on, on the grumpy side, but they, but they were ready to have fun. So it didn't fucking matter. I figure if you get pissed at that, then you shouldn't be at a Steel Panther show. Steel Panther, oh. <clears throat> just before we get too far, we got to talk about this because you guys just dropped uh, a new track on uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, a great song and it's a great video. It's off our new record. We have a record coming out in... Uh, do not watch it at work. Yeah, or do watch it at work. <laughs> if you don't like your job. Um, <laughs> if your job's uh, onlyfans.com slash Yeah, which is like 90% of the girls under 30 at this point. Um, listen, so so we, it's called Friends with Benefits. It's off our, our new record on The Prowl. And um, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's about Friends with Benefits and... And, um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I tend to write songs sometimes and I go, Oh, this is a great title for a song. And then somebody points out later after the song is out, they'll go, this doesn't sound like a friends with benefits situation. This sounds more like a man and a hooker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's just, but isn't that the same thing? So, but it's a, that's what the friends with benefits. A lot of the lines are, you know, you get $35. I get to slap you with my dick. Um, you know, you get dinner at Spago's. I get to come inside your ass. You know, that's those are the lyrics basically. So it's, I mean, isn't the friends with Benny's technically, technically like you could be talking about Benjamin Franklin's just so maybe they don't understand in the UK true. that you're referring to the dignitary that was Benjamin Franklin, who also did a lot with his dick all over the place. True. Yes. And all these guys did. And, and what a great whore Benjamin Franklin was. He was. He a lot was. of the classical composers were too. Nobody likes to talk about the fact that like a lot of the greatest classical composers had like millions of illegitimate children. How many box are there? They really uh, like who, to box. Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows at this point? Yeah. Way more I than mean, we can count. Probably populates more than half the world, right? I mean, uh, but you know, a lot of people don't know that um, Albert Einstein, same same thing. He was, uh, I mean, not only were his parents first cousins, which is really hot, but Albert Einstein's uh, married, I think he married his own cousin and he was, he was just banging everything with a hole, basically. So... <laughs> 
I, w- I was surprised that you would, that that was what you went for with Albert Einstein, considering he made a whole list for his wife of "Do not whole talk to list. me." Yeah, did you, have you not looked at this? Like, not Franz' list, but there oh. was a list of like, "Do not talk to me if I'm working. Just leave my dinner. Do not expect sex oh. of me." I mean, cool. it's not very Steel Panther esque, but that, funny. That was well. That was only to keep him out of there because he was banging hookers. I mean, listen, let's face it. <laughs> Albert Einstein, he's he was very famous, but he really the theory of relativity at 26 fucking years old so he made his mark and then he was like i'm fucking famous i'm gonna fuck as many girls as i can if if albert einstein could have had our holy fans you know he fucking would have <laughs> you know i feel like the, the that you need to write a song about rasputin because that would be a very steel panther thing that dude banged everybody and they couldn't kill him you know, like yeah. they had to like shoot him and poison him and like put him underwater and he still lived and still fucked like that guy's sister. Rasputin is not very catchy, though, as a name. You know, it's like friends with benefits sounds better than acquaintances with benefits. Yeah, right. It's uh, there's, there's a lot of good. I've got a lot of song ideas in the, in the hat right now, but but uh, that's that will go in there. That's uh, there's there's not the dirty so- sock. <laughs> the dirty sock. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't well, instead I don't, of the hat, you know, maybe it'll actually make an album if it's in the dirty sock. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it, you know, there, there's there's so many. I've like over the last, I mean, probably twenty years that that we've been because we because I started writing songs for Steel Panther a lot long before we got a record deal, right? So, you know, a lot of a lot of people in bands thinks like like think that you know, especially when you start to get known or whatever, like that it happens overnight, and sometimes it does, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of bands, we are definitely, we did it the old school way, which I never wanted to do. Like, I remember having these conversations with the guys in my band years ago where, where they were like, they were like, you know, uh, talking about who, who's the guy who, who sings that song Satellite? He's, he's a 90s Dave, Dave something? Oh, Dave Matthews Band. Dave, Math- Dave Matthews Band, right? So, like, I remember hearing about him and how, he just he he did it the old fashioned way. He like played shows in, in college dorms and just did a bunch of live shows for like years and years and years. And then he finally blew up. And uh, I was like, God, I don't want to fucking do that. that sounds miserable. <laughs> I fucking just play like p- backyard parties. And but that's basically what we ended up doing. We just did small clubs like forever. And then we you know did the Sunset Strip forever and ever and ever. And then eventually, like after like fifteen years of doing live shows. Somebody said, hey, we should give you guys a record deal. And we were already like way too old to give a shit at that point. So we were like, fuck <laughs> it. We'll just take it. But I had already written a bunch of songs at that point. I, we were already selling CDs out of the trunk of our car. And um, a lot of people don't know that about, about us. But we were like, we were basically like, shit, let's just do bitching songs about fucking old people in the ass. And um, we'll sell it to the audience. They'll love that shit. So... It was funny because we sold. I remember we were playing the Viper Room and we started selling uh, selling CDs from the st- stage, and we had a box of CDs and we literally sold them to the audience. And the first night we sold like three hundred CDs, and we were we were like, "This is going to be amazing! We're going to get rich!" And the, and the next week we we had a box of CDs and everybody was the same people in the crowd. And nobody <laughs> bought a CD. I was like, "Fuck! We already sold out. This sucks. Like we're not gonna, we're not going to sell anymore." It does go to say that Steel Panther does have the most allegiant fans, though. You know, you know, we we uh, the whole goal when we first started playing was let's just do whatever we can to get people to come back every week. 
So if, you know, if we have to have two girls with one cup on stage, we will. Fuck it. You know? Oh, God. I have PTSD <laughs> yeah. from what, seeing that movie. or Whatever video. it takes, Siobhan. Whatever it takes, you know? It, it definitely triggers you. That's for sure. <laughs> did, did you watch it? I was like, like inadvertently forced to watch it in college. I just remember, like, I just got to a certain point, and I was like, I, I don't need to know anymore. But forever after, it doesn't even matter because I just know what it is that I can't even hear about. <laughs> well, inadvertently, you watched it by so that, that's kind of a rapey situation. If somebody made you watch that, like, and you weren't ready for it, that like, it like Clockwork Orange. Did someone sit you down like Stanley Kubrick with your like the things on your eyes, and you're like, you must watch girls shit on each other. But it's one of those situations where it's like everybody's talking about it. So you're so curious about it. And it's like, you know that you probably don't need to watch this and you probably shouldn't watch this and your life will be much better if you don't watch this. But you can't resist the fact that like you need to know. Just like a Joe Biden speech. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Dude, listen, I got to tell you, I I try to stay like completely out of like the media. I haven't heard anything about that guy. What a wonderful way. Like, he's he doesn't even exist. Like, I didn't even know we had a president. I walked outside, took my dog down the street, and, like, the first I knew we had a president, I'll, the last I remember him, he was walking into a garden somewhere. And they're just like, where is he going? And they're like, I don't know. That was it. That was Joe. Just right off into the sunset. It's, it's fucking fascinating. It's really amazing watching, like, the way the media covers him compared to the way the media covered Donald Trump, right? So it's just... Very, very different. I'll just leave it at that. It's very, very different. Yeah. But but yeah, it's definitely a little bit like watching two girls with one cup. You know, you can't stop watching it. You just (sighs) fuck them. Well, I stopped, but I saw more than enough to uh, affect me forever. (laughs) I I stopped with about four seconds left in the video. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it must have gone viral for a reason. So clearly, you know, you're you know, the audience. So. I know. This is why, I mean, I can't understand why all my own shit-eating videos haven't gone viral at this point. Because you weren't the first to do it. That's the problem. Nobody wants to watch a 70-year-old man eat his own turds. What's wrong with people? There's a market for that somewhere. (laughs) In Germany. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you, uh, and I I was just, you know, browsing the headlines for, you know, the recent Steel Panther news. And I also come across this tidbit about you guys have an app now. It's just a dating app where the the people are real and not like, I mean, I look at, have you been on Tinder lately? Not lately, not in years. You are not missing out because it's all super duper hot chicks, but it's the same picture of like the same people over and over. And I just picture like, you know, there's some like, you know, 80 year old Asian man, like with all these fake accounts. And he's like trying to eat, they try to get you to like, you know, go and uh, donate, yeah, basically go to a OnlyFans page or a, or really? yeah, it's wow. either all real hookers, which I'm fine with. Or um, Wait a minute. Hold on. I've been out of the game for a while. So you can't even use the internet and its applications to like fairly fuck random chicks anymore it's just bots no because that's the problem with the internet it all turns to shit after a while and like somebody somewhere figures out how to make a scam out of everything right so you're you're, you know somebody makes a great invention like hey let's hook people up so they can just fuck and everybody's having a great time and then and then some other people are like hey we can make money off this and let's put fake pictures on there (laughs) it's like 
God, we were having a great time fucking each other. Adult Friend Finder was definitely none of those people were real, man. It was like one old guy. Right. I know. It's the same thing. The same thing happens to all those apps. So, But that's why we're starting an app where you can't, you know, you can't be a fake person. You have to be real. You have to take pictures of your own dick before you get on there or your So vagina. that is how you verify the identity. That you have, it's like it's like a retina scan except it's your balls. <laughs> <laughs> so who did the programming on that? Uh, that was that was me. I, I used yeah. uh, my my own balls were the test subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were a little too big at first, so we had to I, you know, we had to just we had <laughs> bigger to lens. <laughs> yeah. Had to get a big uh, big telescopic lens. That's great. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's like shooting the moon. Now the new records on the prowl. Is that kind of like your research for this for this application was being on the prowl? It certain, certainly sounds awfully prowly to me. That was one of the things. It was like we we were we were like this is great. We've got this album called On the Prowl, and and uh, why not start an app and you know really really go into you know let's be tech moguls. Fuck it. You know there's no really there's not really any money in music anymore. So let's be the next Elon Musk. Let's start. We'll do everything opposites, though. Instead of starting, t- like, you know, Tinder, we'll start t- Tinder that has real people instead of fake people. And then, you know, in- in- instead of, uh, you know, starting a, a, our own SpaceX, we'll start a company that, that re- you know, doesn't just grift off the government. We actually, like, really do send people to space, and we don't just talk about it. And then, and then instead of making electric cars – We'll just make like Ford F-150s that are all gas. And they, they don't even like run on gas. They just run on like uh, like hamburgers. You put hamburgers in the engine and it fucking burns hamburgers and, uh, and unwanted children. That sounds like a modest proposal there, Satchel. Yeah. I, liked, I liked how you brought that in with like a Johnson Swiss 17th century eating children joke. Yeah, we'll, we'll, say, we'll you know, solve all the world's problems while... You know, fuck it. We're you know we're like anti global warming. We're fucking like we're like let's try to heat the globe up. You know, I'm freezing my ass off in Vegas. It fucking snowed in Vegas like yesterday, and you're telling me that the globe is too hot? Fuck you, man. I'm freezing my ass off. I don't even have a coat warm enough to live here now. It's freezing. It was negative twenty three in Boston the other day. I took my dog out, and I was yeah, like, "This is it, what the fuck is this?" You killed your dog because it was too. Yeah, I, I, cold? I did kill my I did kill my dog. <laughs> He wasn't too cold. I just left him outside and then he got too cold. I almost killed my dog because he was too cold. And then I figured out that he was just shivering because he was trying to get sympathy for a snack. And he almost got a bull in the head. I was like, hey, next time don't fake it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of companies wanting to make money on things, I'm curious. This will be a fun question. We were talking about Google. What You know how they target you. You know, they follow what you're doing. You get targeted ads. What do your Google targeted ads look like? Oh, mine, mine are usually just like hookers and dildos and cocaine and shit. But it's yeah. weird because the, the cocaine that you buy on Amazon, it's really like, it's always, there's always a picture of like, I don't know, like a bedpan or there's, they don't sell it as cocaine. So you got to figure out like, why is this thermometer 
$700. Oh, it's because it's like a kilo of cocaine, whatever. Right, right. I've noted that. That's a thing, though, because my, my husband ordered, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a little robot vacuum that was like mysteriously very cheap. And of course, it was a piece of shit. But all the reviews had something to do with like something else. It was like a reviews about a completely different product. Oh, yeah. No, they, like, do, they do They do this. They, yeah, they have like fake products that they put on Amazon and Amazon's like, fuck it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, no, it has like 3,700 five-star reviews. And you look at it and it's like for a calculator right you're, that's you're, exactly yeah. what it was i think it was a calculator I'll, i mean i want to tell you on my news feed a long time ago i i saw uh this crazy disgusting bear right it's got it's like blims coming out and all that but this was supposed to be a plush toy like a big it was beautiful this big plush toy with all this guts coming out of it i'm like i'll buy that i'll buy that like 18 weeks later i get this like made of asbestos <laughs> and and paper mache this, like, it, by the way, this wasn't even the one I ordered. This was not even the bear I ordered. This wasn't the style. And, and when I went to go right back to them, like, it was like a dummy company, didn't exist. All the, the reviews were gone. Yeah. And I'm just left with this asbestos bear. Wow. Well, at least you got a bear. Definitely with a camera in it that's going to some feed somewhere. Yeah, right. It's recording everything. It's fucking. Satchel will appreciate this, dude. So, like, the other night, I, I, I've never, ever put tape on any fucking camera or whatever. I'm like, nobody's watching me. Nobody's watching me. I'm I'm watching some fucking dirty ass porn like I do because I'm an old man. I'm disgusting. I'm a terrible person. If you looked at my Google searches, I'm fucked, right? Yeah. I, and all of a sudden, I notice that the light is on my camera over here. Yeah. It's on over there. And then like five minutes later, it was off and I Googled it. And they're like, no, someone's definitely watching you. So now yeah. I've taped everything. Like I, even my own cameras for my own house for surveillance, I still put I put tape over those too. When I find out people are watching me, I just shove my dick right in the camera. <laughs> you know, fuck it. You, know, you want yeah, to but see? Why it. give that away for free though? You got to be charging a subscription. W why not? If somebody wants to look at my dick, I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Grandpa. Get off on it. <laughs> All right. So I don't mean to get introspective here, but I, I'd like to talk about the fact that. We no longer have Lexi on this record. You have a new bass player. Last we talked to you, you you kind of let us know. And we all love Lexi. We've we've loved him. He was great. What a part of the band. What's what's going on now? Like, fill me in. Since well, we've got we've got Spider on bass now, and he's kicking ass. And I didn't have to I didn't have to redo any of the bass parts on this album because Spider's really good. So he kicked <laughs> ass. He was he he he's got. Great tone. He's got great feel. He's an awesome bass player, and uh, he's not as pretty as Lexi, which is great because I just get more, more girls. I mean, a lot of the girls that went for Lexi, though, they were they were just looking to be friends, so they they weren't looking to to have sex. I mean, you know, he, he's he was pretty uh, ahead of the curve with with the transitioning movement. So, um, but yeah, Spider is kick ass. He's doing great. He sounds great, and um, and. You know, he, as long as he doesn't rub me the wrong way, he can have a gig for a while. What did the process look like? Because it, it took you guys kind of a while and, and some different bases that were kind of touring around with you. How did how did that whole process go? Well, you know, we weren't we never expected uh, Lexi to quit the band. But when he quit, we were like, well, shit, let's, uh, you know, I mean, unlike a lot of bands, we had the same members for a long time. Like we we basically, you know, we stayed together better than the vast majority of bands. And uh, and so we didn't want to rush in and get somebody that was going to be in the band for a year and then have it not work out. So 
we really just tried tried a bunch of people out and um and there were people that our fans liked and and all that and you know we had we even had a contest we had people vote and all that and uh, as much as we love our fans and we appreciate their input ultimately in a situation like that you know we've got to pick the guy that goes in the, that, that we get because we got to go on the road with them we've got to work with the guy and um and for spider it was uh it was kind of a no-brainer because we've known him for many many years and uh and and we've played with him he's a great player he's a super cool guy um and and it's kind of like an old you know pair of socks with some holes in it you know you know you yeah. you want to throw the socks away but they fit good and 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 they look cool with your sneakers and uh you know they're beat they're about to they're about to be thrown in the trash and that's, that's how we feel about spider he's like he's he's knocking on death's door he's really not in his prime but but uh you know we're going to keep him along until he until he has a heart attack or something so fuck it <laughs> Well, speaking of staying together, I this is making me think. I don't know if anyone here saw that the documentary on Netflix that was about Metallica when they were doing the Saint Anger uh, album and how they were going through therapy and all this stuff. I feel like Steel yeah. Panther needs a documentary like in that style. I feel like that's very much on brand for you guys. Do you see that ever happening? Like doing some sort of movie? You know, we we've talked a lot about uh, about different shows, about TV shows. We've had people, we've pitched shows, we've had many many people involved with us. Uh, there are people that want to do like uh, like a, a real documentary, like real bit behind the music kind of thing, and and really get to know the people behind uh, behind you know the band, you know who's really like doing what and, and who we are and all that. And um, you know maybe at some point we, we will do something like that. But uh, I mean personally, uh, I feel like uh, our fans really just want to party right now, and we're gonna party as hard as we can until you know really. I think once, you know, once we all start dying, you know, I'll just like, I'll capitalize and I'll, I'll give all the dirt on everybody and I'll just keep all the money for myself. Tell everybody about, you know, about, about our, our singer and our drummer and, and Spider and, and Lexi, I'll give all the secrets away and I'll just show pictures of them naked with like, you know, in hotel rooms and, and, you know, I'll just, I'll just keep all the money for myself because they'll be dead. Of course. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, it's like the the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape. Yeah, just steal it and d- distribute it. <laughs> yeah, why not? I, I have to know because listen, I know deep down inside that you like everybody who was born or alive during the eighties. What's what's your feeling on the new Metallica? Like, am, how am I supposed to feel about this? Because I so I sort of like it. It kind of has a whiplashy vibe, but then the second single sort of let me down. So I don't. How am I supposed to feel, Satchel? Well. You know what? I can't tell you, Benny, how you're supposed to feel, but I can tell you how I feel. I okay. I, I liked the first single a lot, and actually, I liked the second one too. I thought I thought it was pretty cool, and it did. It, it had it gave me it gave me vibes of like early Metallica, and the tone tones were really cool, and and uh, and it was simple, and uh, I liked it, man. I mean, I mean, I I wasn't expecting to like it to be honest with you, and and. Uh, but I was really pleased to to dig it, and um, it actually inspired me. It was like, okay, cool, that's that's rad. I'm I'm really glad. We um we did a show in Prague with with Metallica and Five t- Five Finger uh, about eight months ago, and it was it was uh, 
it was really cool. Metallica like sat on the side of the stage while we played and watched us. I thought it was really, really cool to, to have those guys hang out. And, um, and James, like he introduced himself to us afterwards. And, and I told him, I was like, Hey man, it's really an honor to meet you. Like there's not that many bands that, that we've played in front of, you know, that I, that I'm kind of like frightened to, to play in front of, but there's only a few in the world that are kind of scary. Like, Guns N' Roses, uh, Iron Maiden, and Metallica. Like it, nobody wants to see the opening band. Everybody wants to see those bands. And so going out on stage and seeing everybody in Metallica fans, I was like, I was like, I considered it a success that I didn't get hit with anything. <laughs> and James, James looked at me and he goes, Yeah, I missed. <laughs> I was like, that was really good. It was good. It was quick. Well, I can tell you when my band opened for Five Finger Death Punch, there was not a lot of crossover in the fan base. Maybe there was, but you know, there's always that interesting moment when you're when you're the opening band to be to walk out and be like, I just feel like everyone here is not open to this. Especially Star Set, <laughs> where there's like, wait, why why are they wearing? Uh, it's like men hats? wearing spandex, and yeah, we've we've gotten some interesting uh, slurs thrown. And Five from, Finger uh, Death Punch is officially endorsed by Skull, so it's a little bit it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely an interesting tour, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing uh we 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 toured with Judas Judas Priest. And uh the first show we did was um oh god, where was it? Was it like Rochester or something? It was and uh, and we were supposed to go on at like eight o'clock, but the promoter pushed it back an hour. So everybody was there and they were waiting around and then and we weren't on stage and they were expecting us on on stage at eight and it was like we didn't go on till nine and by the time we went we went on stage they already hated us they hated us because they, didn't, <laughs> they, they didn't want to see us and they're all older because they're priest fans and the fact that they were made to wait around made them even angrier and we came out on stage and there was a guy in the front row with with a judas priest leather jacket and um and he was like pointing at the jacket and he was flipping me off. He was just like, fuck you guys. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Judas Priest rules. Fuck you guys. And he was doing that the whole time. You know, the first two songs we played all the way through and I'm, I'm running up to the guy and I'm like, I'm like thrusting my crotch in his face and stuff, but he, he wouldn't stop. He was really angry. And um, so it was the first show of the tour and I just, I decided that if I didn't beat this guy, that it, that was going to be the outcome of the whole tour. So I went after this dude so hard and I made him the butt of every joke for the first 10 minutes of the show. And he and he was just not stopping until there were so many people that were laughing at him that he finally just went, fuck it. And he gave up and and he joined he joined in the fun. And I was like, I fucking won. I was like that. And that, that was basically what we had to do every night because there was people that wanted to kill us every night. But I think that's the best thing you can do as a band. You got to go out and play for people that don't know who you are and try to win them over. Yeah. But most bands can't most bands can't do that because you have to stick with your songs. So you have your songs, but you guys have your humor like you have your wit. So if you're like, fuck it, they don't want to hear Asian hooker. Let's just talk about the blonde chick with the big tits in the front row for the next eight minutes. And that's, see, that's your defense. Most of us are just like, 
Well, if you don't like the first Bare Naked Lady song that I'm playing, you're probably <laughs> yeah, well, not going to like the Hootie and the Blowfish cover I have coming next. Well, well, trust me, there's just as many people that hate it when you start joking about fucking their wives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was fucking your wife last night. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what the fuck do you say? I'm fucking kick your ass. We've had, we've had people jump on stage and literally try to beat the shit out of Michael Starr. He got chased around the, the stage one time. It was great. It's, it's super fun. It's, it's challenging. It's like that show Cheaters when he finally got stabbed. It only took like 300 fucking seasons of the guy going like, oh, I know what's going on. We're following you with the camera and your girlfriend knows you're fucking that chick before he got stabbed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that episode up. He was a hero. Oh, yeah, no, that really happened, though. Yeah, he was on a boat, and they stab- the guy finally stabbed him. I- I- I'm surprised it took so long. He, he should have known. He didn't-, he didn't have body armor on? That's what I'd be wearing the whole fucking time. No, but he did act a lot more like casual and laid back after that episode. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we know this girl's uh, husband is cheating on her, but we're not going to go too hard on this guy. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I don't know. I've always noticed when we're opening for like a band that seems like an odd match, you know, there, there's usually like a three to four song buffer where it's like you go out and you're like, oh, everyone hates us. And then by the second song, there's like a couple people that are getting into it. And then the third time there, there are some people you're never going to win over, especially if you can't interact with them. But uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of the times it just seems like if it's unfamiliar, they're going to immediately not like it at the outset. But a lot of people convert more quickly than you would think in, in my experience. Yeah. So some people some people are, are really open to just rocking and they want to like you. They give you a, give you a, a lot of room to uh, screw up and they, they'll still clap for you. But, but some people want to hate you right out of the gate. And you, you know, it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a good experience playing for people that, that just don't care. We, we, play, we played with a, uh, we toured with stone sour and um, we were opening up for them for a while. I remember there was this one show, uh, where there was this girl who brought a book. She brought a fucking novel with her and she sat in the front row. She already staked her, her front row spot out. And while we were on stage, she was reading a novel. And I was like, that is fucking classy. <laughs> like, I'm going to diss you so hard. I'm just going to pretend you're not there. I'm going to read a novel. And, and it was awesome. It, <laughs> It, it just made me laugh. I thought it was That's great. like some Andy Kaufman shit, dude. It, it was. Like, like literally, you got, you got heavy metal going on in front of you. And you're like, it was the best of times. It yeah. was the worst of times. It was amazing. I'll tell you what. I was thrusting my crotch in this girl's face. It's the go-to move for anyone. So vehemently. And she, she really tried to ignore it, but she couldn't ignore it. I was like, and every time she glanced up, I smiled at her. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking you. I was really confused. And maybe, again, you know, being a, a guy from the metal world. So why did they replace the only good member of Motley Crue with John Five, who's amazing? So it's like they got rid of the best guy for the best guy. But it still sounds like Vince Neil when I heard the bootleg. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the tough thing about that is like you you get. I mean, listen, Mick Mars was great. That's the thing. Like, I he, love he, Mick Mars. He was, he was awesome. He was like the greatest. Yeah. He was. He was with the spine of Bifida. He, I loved his posture. Dude, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, I mean, Motley Crue, they've had this problem with their whole career. Like, you can't really replace anybody in that band because people want to see the original guys. I mean, and 
as much as let's face it, like Vince has never been a great lead singer. He always sounds like a screechy cat live, but, but the truth is he's Vince Neil and we all love him. And, and we want to see Vince Neil because he's part of the band. And actually, to be honest with you, he's been losing weight lately. He looks better than he's ever looked. Well, that's why I'm confused why he sounds still just as terrible. So he looks great. I mean, by comparison, he looks like he only ate half of himself from 1988. Well, listen, if he started started sounding good at at this point, people would be like, this is fucked up. It wouldn't be right. It'd be like, no, he has to sound like shit. Otherwise, you're like- There's some scientist somewhere that can explain. Like, we've figured out a lot with science. What's up with Vince Neil? Because there's like a few bootlegs out there, like where he sounds okay. How can he sound so bad? He's reverse Ozzy. Ozzy can't yeah. speak, but once he sings, it's like, shot in the dark. You can understand it. Vince yeah. Neil could speak totally normal. Totally right. normal. But as soon as it's girls, 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 he's forgotten <laughs> how to pronounce anything. Yeah, it's really strange. And, you know, John John Five is a great guitar player, but I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, for most people, it just, it doesn't matter how good John Five is because... I mean, don't get me wrong. I think people are fine seeing Motley Crue, but I think there's always going to be a certain amount of fans that are like, I would rather see Mick. And and a lot of people are going to miss Mick for sure. But, uh, you know, no doubt that, that uh, like, listen, John sounds good, but, but Mick had great fucking tone. And let's face it, he was a big part of writing all that stuff. He wrote a lot of killer riffs. So it's weird. I don't know. It's Motley Crue. I think everybody's like kind of used to it sounding a certain way. And, and uh, you know, Mick probably couldn't go on the way he was going. He probably, probably had pain. So I wish Mick Mars the best. He, he's an awesome, awesome player. And he's always been uh, he's always been the one uh, guy in Motley Crue that didn't say that Steel Panther sucked a bag of dicks. So thank you, Mick. Well, I mean, speaking of Steel Panther having a new, you know, person in the lineup, have you noticed anything in terms of your fans or have you gotten any response having, uh, you know, since you guys were together as a unit for so long, having a new person there? What what do you feel has changed from your perspective? Well, I mean, obviously, anytime you change a band member, it's, it's going to be different. Um, we've got, uh, I mean, I, f- I feel like here's the good thing about, about Steel Panther, um, you know, Lexi never really contributed as far as writing goes. And he, he didn't, so he didn't bring a lot to the table as far as the music goes. So it's not like we were missing a songwriter. Um, and, and when it comes to the live show, you know, comedically, I mean, listen, we miss him. He, you know, he's, he's, he was always fun to be with and fun to, to watch. But uh, as far as the banter and as far as the, the talking and things, he would chime in once in a while, but he didn't talk a lot on the microphone. He mostly just uh, provided that. You know, he was very fun to watch visually. But um, but Spider is uh, Spider's doing a great job. I mean, like it it doesn't feel like we we're a different band live because I you know listen I run my trap I run my trap a lot and I talk a lot with Michael and then and then Spider does what what Lexi did. He would chime he'll chime in once in a while. And where it's appropriate, and um, but a lot of the a lot of our show involves the crowd. So we talk to the crowd, and we get the crowd involved, and that has a lot to do with me, and a lot to do with Michael, and um, and it didn't have a lot to do with Lexi 
as much when it came to the dialogue and the banter between the crowd. But uh, that said, it's definitely a different it's a different animal, and it's and uh, and we appreciate Lexi for what he brought. But at the end of the day, I look at it like this: he he made he made the choice. He made the choice to leave. And if our fans are if our fans um, listen, and if you're a Steel Panther fan and you love Lexi Fox and you feel like the band's never going to be the same without Lexi Fox and you don't want to watch it, that's your prerogative. You can leave and stop being a fan. But we're out there, and I feel like our shows are just as much fun as they as they ever were. And not only do we sound better than we've ever sounded, but but the the party is just as much fun. And it's and we've got a new record out, and and I think it's proof that we are continuing to be creative and and be fun. And we're gonna go. We're gonna keep touring until until the next pandemic hits. You know what I'm saying? I think it's I think it's really hilarious that people are upset about the bass thing. I mean, if we look about like in the annals of rock in, in history, how big of a deal losing a bass player versus like, I don't know, Pantera's touring with Zach Wilde and Charlie, which by the way, I, I love Pantera and I love the music and I'm glad that they're going around. But again, it's, you know, it's the same thought process as having Joe Satriani play Van Halen, calling it Van Halen, yeah. you know? Uh, meanwhile, yeah. you're the songwriter. Like, I mean, you, and you're with, three of the four guys and it's like oh how could they ever be the same and it's like it gives you perspective in this world yeah well i mean it, it, obviously you know steel panther we're, we're more than we are more than uh just the songs or just the you know any one guy uh you know but but you're right i mean we've still got the same songwriter we still got the same singer i think that's really important the singer is a very important part of the band um but we um but we never chose to have Lexi leave. So I, I look at it like this. If you're a fan of the band, you, you have a choice to either continue to support the band or not. Um, if somebody chooses to leave the band, you know, that's, that's their choice. I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I feel bad for, I mean, there's, there's people out there that have said, you know, that it's, you know, that we, that we fired him or we made him, we forced him out of the band. That's all bullshit. Um, he left of his own cord and, and he didn't want to be in the band anymore. And I'll be honest with you, that, that bummed me out. If you want, if you quit the band, you know, there, there's no way back in, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, bring back Lexi, bring back Lexi. It's not my, listen, he quit the band. And as far as I'm concerned, we're moving on without Lexi Fox. He'll never be a part of the band again. Sorry to say that if you're a fan of Steel Panther, if you're, if you're hoping that Lexi is coming back, he will never come back to the band. That's cats out of the bag. He's, he's not coming back and it's got nothing to do with him. It's got to do with, uh, with us as a band and, and me as a guy, I don't, I don't, that's like a, a girl fucking my best friend and then, and then going, Hey, let's get back together. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't really care if she fucks my best friend, but I mean, if she, um, you know, that's the similar, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, you got a band. We built this band from scratch and took it from playing gigs for a hundred bucks a night to, for, to doing Wembley arena. And, and, uh, and, and if you do that and then somebody just quits out of the blue and says, fuck you, I'm out. Then that's his choice, but I'm not, is that, is that how it happened though? I mean, can we talk about that? Because I mean, I, I, I love you guys. 
how how did you find out that Lexi was like for real out? You know, it's oh, he, just, he, he left. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Oh, he made a choice. He didn't write a letter. He didn't say goodbye. He just said, "I'm out." And it and it was it wasn't. You know, listen, that's his decision. But uh, but again, you know that that's you know I'm, without going into too much detail, he's the one who made that decision. And you know, the fans. I I feel like the fans need to know that. Because there, there are fans that are like, you know, I've seen pe- people post things like, you know, you know, Steel Panthers being run by by a, a manager, and the manager made uh, made Lexi like quit the band. Like that's all. Whoever's telling you that is an idiot. Like Steel Panthers only run by the four guys that were in the band, and we have always. Made dis- made decisions. We are more of a band than any band out there. We've always made decisions together. We've always given everybody ample opportunity to chime in about every situation, whether it was a whether it was a fucking contract to play at one club, or whether it was a tour, or whether it was a song lyric, anything that's ever gone down. Everybody always has their their say, and um, but. You know, so nobody, nobody, there's no outside entity that could come into this band and say, and, and take over our band. That doesn't happen. Do we have people that help run our social media? Absolutely. But we have, we have the ultimate say in all that shit. So if somebody rubs us the wrong way, they get fired. But that said, we didn't fire Lexi Fox because we valued him as a equal member of the band. He quit. He quit the band. And, and it wasn't, uh, you know, again, it wasn't it wasn't something we wanted, but he he quit. So, um, but when you quit, to me that that's that's you know that's where I draw the line. Like, I can't go back. Can't I can't go backwards. Like I'm not I'm not going to be cheap trick. I can't do it. Sorry. That sounds like he drew a line in the sand. Like I mean, when your brother's in a band. I mean, that's it's interesting because you know you guys always had pr- prided yourself on being a band and through like sixteen Van Halen lineups and eighty seven Aussie drummers. There was one metal school Steel Panther. So I guess I can understand that after all that time, like it's it's hard not to take. Well, you clearly do take it personal because it's one of those. I understand you've removed yourself from it, but bro, you can't unfuck my chick. You can't. You can't. I mean, that's the thing. Like it. It, it is. Um. Being in a band is like being in a marriage. It's like being in a marriage. And, and, and the shit that you go through in a band, it, it's not fucking easy. And anybody who thinks it's easy being in a band is out of their fucking mind. There's no money in it now. You're fucking, you're busting your ass for a fraction of the money that you could have made 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, and, Anybody who's in a band does it for the love of it. And if you're lucky enough to even be able to make a decent living or a living at all, um, you, you don't, you shouldn't take it for granted. And, um, if somebody, you know, and, and that's, that's a band, a band is like, it's not just a marriage. It's also a business partnership, right? So you've got this company and this, in this business entity that you formed that you, you need to protect at all costs because it's your livelihood. So I personally would never, never quit and leave my other guys hanging and leave 
them in a situation where they didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, their their lively livelihoods are in jeopardy, or their their jobs. It's our job, and it's not just a job. It's 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 a privilege to be able to play music for fans that fucking love us. It's a privilege, and so when you quit and you say I'm out and I don't care about the fans and I don't care about you guys. I don't care whether you ever get a gig again. I don't care if nobody hires you because I'm not in the band anymore. And I don't care if the fans don't want to see you anymore because I'm not in it. You're basically giving the middle finger to everybody involved, including the fans. So the fans should be like, oh, fuck that guy, in my opinion. But there's a bunch of fans that are, there's always going to be fans that are like, well, no way, man. That that guy was the only guy, and without that guy, and and if they are not Steel Panther fans anymore, then that's then they can they can walk. As far as I'm concerned, the the band, the guys who gave a shit about the band, are still in the band. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, you know, it's unfortunate too that a lot of fans and people out there just have no or very limited perspective of what all the things that you just said. You know how it really works. What really goes into it, and what are the dynamics and the sacrifices that you're making, and it's, it's very easy for an outsider, just like the people that, you know, make the nasty comments on YouTube to project whatever they think is going on into a situation. And it's just it's impossible to, you know, to make it known, you know, across the board what's really going on, because people are just they're outside of that bubble. You know, I can just say this. If if Lexi wanted to be in the band still, he would have still been in the band. We we as a band, like I said, have g- gave him every opportunity to stay in the band. Um and he made that choice. But but like I said, once you make that choice, that that it is personal because it 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 it's uh it not only was you know a hey I, I don't care about you enough to for you to make a living anymore, but I don't care enough about what we built, I don't care enough about the fans that love it. And for me, like I take it very personally that you know, especially, I mean, and maybe it's because he didn't contribute enough. You know, I mean, when I go out and I and I have fans that come up to me and say, I fucking love you guys, you know, or or yeah, I swear to God, I've had, I've had people say things like, hey, man, I, I, I served in Iraq and without your music, I don't think I would have made it through. And that's like really heavy shit. Like, like that makes me go, oh, my God, like, like, I'm not. It's not just dick jokes, you know? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but, but people are using music and, and it's, it's helping them through difficult shit in their lives. So for me, I don't take it lightly. Like I, like I feel, like I said, it's a privilege to be able to play music and to create music that people look forward to hearing. And every time we get to do a show and every time we release a record, I am. I take it seriously. Yes, I don't, you know, I, I take it seriously, but I don't take it seriously. I want people to have fun. I want people to laugh, but I'm never going to leave people hanging because this is, this is a awesome bitching band to be in. And I'm proud that we've been able to create something where we have fans and I'll keep doing shows as long as there's enough people that show up that we can make a living doing it and that, and that we can, we can do it. So um, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'll, I'll keep going. And even if Metallica asks me to join their band, I'm going to say no. 
Unless it's a fucking shit ton of money and then I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) So would you consider it like escapism? Because it's like, I mean, all right. You said it's not just dick jokes, which I've been to a bunch of shows and I know it's not just dick jokes. In fact, you guys are incredible musicians. You write incredible songs. You're incredible performers. And you're like the, the musicality, like the actual... The songwriting, uh, the understanding, the timing, all of those things are amazing. But, you know, obviously, if you're like the PMRC over there and they see just dick jokes, have you created like a very high level form of escapism that people don't necessarily get? Well, I mean, it's when I when I say it's not just dick jokes, what I'm saying is, you know, the like any art form jokes, too. Yeah, right. Like any art form, I mean, like if it was only if we released albums that were just dick jokes and they entertained people, ultimately the the fans, what it means to the fans and and the entertainment value that it brings. um, And if it can help somebody, you know, whether it's escapism or whatever you want to call it, if it can get somebody to a happier place in their life and help them through dark times it doesn't matter whether you're a good songwriter. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're, whether you're, you know, changing, you're, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's, it's all about creating something that people want to go to and listen to and enjoy. And, and we've created a fan base of people that, uh, that are truly enjoying it. And they've, and they've expressed that to me. And, and, uh, and I, I take that very, I take that with a lot of pride. It's, I take it, I take it seriously. Like, like there's this, there's those people out there, whether it's a hundred people or a thousand or a million Steel Panther fans out there that love what we do. I'm going to keep it going as long as I can because I'm helping people enjoy their lives and get through their lives. And let's face it, you know, the world is a shit show right now. So it needs as much funny, awesome shit as we can, as we can deliver because, um, it's not really, it's, it's a, it's a crazy planet right now. So I'm trying to, to bring a little levity to it. And, uh, and the more dick jokes, the better. You're here. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, I relate to that a lot. I mean, I, I've had a similar experience. I mean, my band, obviously, you know, we deliver a very different product, but I, I think that is, one of the things that I remember when I'm like, I couldn't see myself ever leaving that because you get told by someone that it's like, you know, I was suicidal and I listened to your music and that got me through that, you know? And that's like, how can you like, it feels like you're ditching that person when you leave the music, you know, like you think about all those stories that you hear of people, whether it's something heavy like that, or whether it's just people that are really into the story or really into the music on a positive note. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a commitment sort of of a lifetime, you know, and it is like a marriage in a lot of ways. You got to, you've got like a, a purpose and a mission and you stick to it and you stay committed to it. And because it's got meaning. The star set steel Panther tour, uh, 2024 is going to be incredible. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Who could, right. well, wait, whose crowd will give less of a fuck about the other person's crowd? Oh my That's God. That would be the weirdest conglomerate. It, it'll be just space helmets and fucking mullets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> I've seen Stranger Things. 
And also, I'll say about our fans. So one thing I love about them is they are all super inclusive and like open minded. So I can't imagine any star set fan like looking at a fan of another band and being like, oh, I don't like this person. They're all like, oh, no, we're all a big team. It's yeah. it's a very, very inclusive community, at least amongst and, our fans. And I feel like with you as well. They wear spandex, too. Just different type of spandex. Yeah, yeah. Our, our fans are the same way. We, we have a lot of bands tour with us that are that are different. And uh, and our fans are usually really open there. I mean, listen, they're all they're, they're there to have a good time. So I, I think they're just, if there's an opening band, they look at it like icing on the cake. And, um, and when we've opened for people too, I think, uh, you know, granted, like, you know, Judas Priest fans were a little heavier, uh, a little more <laughs> hardcore, but, but, um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think most people in general, you know, Iron Maiden fans can be rough, but, uh, but, you know, if you go out there and, and you're, and you're kicking ass and you're putting hundred percent into it, I think a lot of, a lot of music fans, and let's face it, like people that go to live shows in this day and age, most of them are music fans because there's a lot of shit you can do on your phone and never leave your house. Um, that's why I think it's really important to be a musician and go out and do gigs and, 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 you know, bring, bring new people into it. Like show them what, what they're missing, you know? Yeah. Listen, Satchel, thank you for coming and hanging with us again. It's, it's been a while and it's been a pleasure to, to catch up. Yeah. On the Prowl, uh, the next studio album is coming out on February 24th, which may or may not be right now or last week or next week. We don't. <laughs> whenever this comes whenever out. Whenever this is this drop. Yeah, it's, uh, we're excited about it. Go check it out. We've got a couple videos out, or three videos out already, and they're they're on uh, SteelPantherRocks.com, and um, and we're excited to go on tour. Our our tour starts on the 24th, same day the uh, the record comes out, and we're playing Vegas. And then we're going everywhere. We're going all over the United States. So, you guys are coming to Boston, right? I think we're going to be in Worcester. Worcester, yeah. Worcester. We always play there as well. Yeah, that's yeah. my actual my hometown. But Corey, I was. It's funny yeah. because we were looking for we're lost looking through some lost symphony stuff. And the last time I actually saw Ollie Herbert, the guitarist from All That Remains, alive, yeah. was with was backstage. You got you got him backstage because they didn't believe his past for whatever reason. But we we gave Corey a hard time because Sticks was with us and uh, we we made a little video message which I'll I'll give to you Corey if you want. Uh, basically saying fuck you for not coming to Steel Panther. So we just want to say Corey fuck you for not coming with us. I'm not even talking to you anymore. No, nope. we're gonna break up. Ollie, what do you think about it? I'm disappointed, Corey. Yeah, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. I'm actually not even disappointed. I'm mad. <laughs> You know, because like everybody says, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. See you soon. Corey and I have made it a thing for over a decade to go to every single Steel Panther show. So hopefully we'll be able to come see you guys in Worcester at my hometown. I don't think I've ever seen you there. Oh, that's great. I didn't know it was your hometown. So uh, let me know how many tickets you need. I'll throw you on the list. Nice. Maybe I'll fly up to Boston and we'll make it yeah. a trio. That would be fun <laughs> that would be, for me to see That would be so sick, Siobhan. Please yeah. come for that. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> yes. I, I, gotta, I haven't seen Steel Panther yet, so I have to see it after all these episodes. I got to see the live show. Yes, okay, come out. definitely going to happen. <laughs> all right, guys. Satchel, thank you so much. Check out 2020-D.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 172, featuring David Abraziz, formerly of Pearl Jam. Check it out. Every time I go on the internet and I ever hear about your name, it's always like, David Abraziz should be back in Pearl Jam. 
Is that something that would ever fucking happen for a nerd like me? I can't imagine it. It wouldn't be up to me, but I, at this point, I can't imagine it ever. It seems like they're just like the idea of like the the conversation, the first 15 minutes of me walking into a room with those guys. Um, I could I could picture a couple of hugs, but then inevitably there'd be some questions about royalty rates and uh, you know all these things. It, it would just get ugly quick. So. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.